is up, guys? Happy freaking Tuesday. Today, my special guests are my cousin Lauren from Indiana and my mother. Yes, you heard that right, my mother. I thought, you know what? What better people to make you guys understand how I am the way that I am. So we're going to get everyone introduced. Everyone, here is my cousin Lauren. What's up, junkies? (laughs) Yes, that's what we like to hear. (laughs) And mother. Hi, everyone. She's getting nervous. She's getting a little nervous. She's she's like three bottles okay, of wine deep. Not really. But you know what? We're drinking wine on today's episode. We're a little warm. The cheeks are red right now. Mom's staring through people. You really are, right, Lori? <laughs> so you know what? With that Thanks. being said, we're gonna get a little clink of the cups here. Mom, your cups over there. She's we got we really got a guide her here today. And you know what? Here we go. Oh, yes. Oh. Okay, guys, so before we get into this, <laughs> I know you heard that, so let's get into it. Okay, so me and Lauren, I just want to touch on this first things first. We used to not get along. Oh, no, we hated each other. <laughs> for sure. It was bad. I'm not going to attest to that. Yeah, it was not good. Um, and today we're going to kind of talk about how and when we got as close as we are now. And just we're going to be talking about our, our entire childhood. Childhood, And that's why mom's here is because I there's, feel like there's a lot of things that she can attest to. Just, you know, like who think about it like this. Who would have thought you have watched us grow up? And now you're sitting here drinking wine and doing a podcast with us. How does that make you feel? It's great. You love it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, just to put it into perspective, Lauren and I used to, like, push each other downstairs. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get along. And her and I were talking about it the other day because we were kind of, like, trying to think of ideas of the podcast. And so it was me... Lauren and then her brother Drew, my cousin Drew. Yes. And I'm an only child. So I think the reason for it is because I always wanted like that sibling and I don't even know like Yeah, well then also when we were young, I was always such a girly girl and you were <laughs> and very I was much borderline <laughs> I think my dad wanted a son for sure. Well Jenna related to Drew a lot more. Just oh yeah. She likes to hang out with boys. Yeah, and um, so I think, yeah, it was kind of like having an actual brother, yeah. and we just didn't connect on a lot of things when we were Jenna's little. Jenna's always related to boys better than girls. Yeah, which I kind of said that in my last episode about, like, being too much and mm-hmm. how a lot of girls in school would, like, view me wrong because of that, because I would, I wouldn't flirt with her boyfriend. I just felt like, I still to this day, I get along better with guys than I do girls, and that's just the freaking tea. Okay, so you live in Indiana, mm-hmm. the home of the flattest streets I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes, it's very different from here. Yeah, so even though it's a six-hour difference, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like sometimes you view, like, coming here as, like, a vacation, which is, oh yeah, you know, I don't understand that. <laughs> but um, how does it honestly differ from here or from well, there? Well, I think I, the reason I viewed it as such a vacation, because when we were younger... 
our grandparents lived on a lake. Like, they lived in a lake house. So That's true, yeah. Yeah, so, like, whenever we were coming here, it was like, oh, yeah, we get to play with, like, the bow, and we get to go swimming all the time. We get to swim in the shit water, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's why, because even now it's still, I still view it as a vacation. Well, because now you and I are, like, best friends, and yeah. I couldn't imagine my life without you. But Right. So now it's like I get to go visit my best friend that I don't get to see all the time. Yeah, it's true. Like, I think both of you over the years have grew up and I think that's what's brought you closer oh yeah like I mean just like Lauren I think she's come such a long way and and her growth and but me but me too I feel like I okay guys I was and you can you can roast me cook me I don't care what you need to do (laughs) I was a royal little brat I don't know why and I feel like Lauren really you had like your sassy teenager tendencies, mm-hmm. which was normal, but I was like I'm so mean. Lauren was very sensitive. Oh, yeah. you were not. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I would cry at everything. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna would like pinch me, and I would cry. But, but yeah, you, but you both have grown, and I don't even know how to explain that, but somehow it just come together later on and thank god it did i know yeah Mm -hmm. and we're gonna talk about here later and you know what trigger warning it's gonna be a little yeah darker deeper deep but it's something that i feel like a lot of people can relate to and it and it did bring us together and i feel like it's one of those things that that's something i feel like when everyone's like it may not make sense right now but like you'll find the light in it or you'll find the reason for it and i feel like in a way that was like, you think that did it? Yeah, because I feel like, I feel like because of, I know preface. I feel like you guys don't know yet, but we'll talk about it in a minute. But I feel like what we're gonna talk about here later, I feel like if that wouldn't have happened, I don't think we would have ever got as close as we are. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Okay, guys. So we're gonna go into a story here, and I'm gonna set the storyline for you. So everybody, 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 just close their eyes, picture it. Okay, two thousand. 10, 12, I don't remember. 2010. Oh, it was good. (laughs) Close your eyes here. Picture 2010. It might have been sooner. Uh, It doesn't matter. Myrtle Beach. We were like 11. So Okay. 2010. I'm just going to go with that one. (laughs) 2010. Everyone close your eyes. 2010. Myrtle Beach. (laughs) Don't roast us for our eyeliner, man. Mom with the shade. Okay, so everyone, you got your eyes closed. It's 2010. The raccoon Sharpie liner is in full effect. Monster symbols. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. It's the thing. You know what I mean? Okay, and we got got boyfriends that were texting the whole trip. We can't keep our phone out of our hand. Okay. (laughs) We're at this condo, and I'm going to say this. You got to tell the whole story. No, I'm telling it right here, okay? The condo, first of all, roaches, okay? (laughs) So bad. I can remember. I can remember because we got there after you guys did. (laughs) And my mom was such a clean freak. And (laughs) we roll up, and Aunt Lori comes out, and she's like, Becky, now keep an open mind. (laughs) My mom was immediately pissed off. (laughs) She was like, what? What is wrong with this place? Let me tell you this that we stayed in the sea mist and yes i'm calling it the condo out <laughs> it was <really> gross <laughs> we stayed there my sister and i when we were younger that was in 1980 okay <laughs> so you know here it is 2010 and i don't think they updated anything since 1980 
And um, the roaches it, are vibing. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. They, they were having their own parties. They were having parties on their own. And <laughs> it's pretty sad when you have to go to a condo on vacation and clean it with bleach, and, yeah. and you're afraid to sleep on the mattresses. But you know, I will say. That was probably one of the best vacations I for had. you guys. It was a horrible <laughs> trip for me. It was <laughs> traumatizing. Other than Lauren, we'll get into my that. most embarrassing childhood story. Well, also, happens. mind you, sea mist. Close the eyes. Picture this: roaches, hookers. <laughs> <laughs> there was hookers. That one hooker that tried to like hit on Denver when he was like sixteen. Yes. Do you remember and, that? And she was asking for a loaf of bread from our balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, she's cheap. <laughs> so, okay, you're picturing it. It's 2010, thick eyeliner, roaches, hookers. Graphic t-shirts. Graphic t-shirts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a vibe. And, you know, <laughs> there's me. I'm a little brat. Me and Lauren don't get along at this point. I'm you know, well, our parents angel. are yelling at us every two seconds because they're stressed because of the roaches. And <laughs> <laughs> me and Lauren are laying upstairs. Well, first of all, let me just talk about what started the fight. Lauren has AT&T. I'm a loser. Well, I'm getting anymore. more. It's okay. I learned the error of my ways. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> AT&T. I have Verizon. Verizon happened to have service where we were at. And, you know, I'm on my little phone that flips up with the keyboard. Mm-hmm. I'm texting away to all my friends. Lauren's chilling there because her phone doesn't work. <laughs> and Lauren says, and verbatim, I quote, Hey, can I use your phone to text my friends? <laughs> and I'd say, no. <laughs> and Lauren goes, why? I said, get your own phone. And then so mean to me. Lauren proceeds to slap me across the face. I was fed up with Jenna. I was fed up. We were like halfway through the trip at this point, and you were so mean to me. I was like, this is my chance. I get to slap Jenna in the face. <laughs> and she did. It's and then warranted guess what? at this point. I slapped her back. And then she slapped me again. I also, sl- can we just preface? My dad is asleep in the bed next to us while this is all going on. <laughs> asleep. Snoring. He, he's asleep. And we're sitting here slapping each other. It gets to the point where it progresses from slaps to, to pulling hair to punches. <laughs> He gets to the point I have Lauren by the collar of her shirt. <laughs> okay. My little sensitive ass did not know how to fight. So all of a sudden, in the middle of us fighting, Lauren's dad goes, Hey! <laughs> no, he said, Who's there? <laughs> Who's there? <laughs> He was dead asleep. And he was like, and then, This is the best thing about, just like, we got over the fight so fast because we found that so funny that he said, who's there? That Then we literally completely forgot that we were fighting. And then we were like, let's take turns saying, Brian. And every time we would go, Brian, he'd go, huh, huh, who's there? <laughs> I don't think my dad knows this story either. No. I think he thinks that, like, there's a ghost. Haunted, it, was sure. <laughs> it was the roaches. It was the roaches calling his name. <laughs> okay, so not only if, if that doesn't really lay out the storyline of this trip for you, um, <laughs> so then we go banana boating. <laughs> okay, I just, want, I just want to stop for a second. This... <laughs> It's my most embarrassing childhood story. I can't even talk about it. Jenna's going to have to tell it. I'll probably chime in because you're going to tell it wrong. And I'm going to be like, listen, this is what really happened. But it's okay. 
Okay, so we're on the banana boat. And this will go down in history books. Banana boats are horrible. This is in the history. There's there's three levels to this story, and we're going to go into level one. We're on the banana boat. Okay, I will say this in Lauren's defense. The the ocean was choppy that day. It was was, horrible. There was jellyfish everywhere. Everywhere. It was scary. So we're on the banana boat. I'm the most unathletic person ever, and they put the most athletic person in the back of the banana boat. Where they put the most athletic people. (laughs) So really, everything was just built against me from the beginning. (laughs) I'm just gonna say this is how bad it was. I don't I don't know if I was in the back, but my husband was in front of me. But literally the whole time we were on the boat, he had a hold of my life jacket. And then my hands, I know, were buried underneath the person's butt in front of me. <laughs> and it was bad. Mom and would just keep leaning over and Dad, and Dad would just pull yeah, her back up. Also, whose idea was it to let the four children go alone? That was the best idea. No, it was not. <laughs> it was a, a horrible idea. It was Especially fun. when I'm always the odd one out, and I knew they were going to pick on me and push me off the boat. Okay, sorry. You can tell Lauren still has some resentment towards this. It's fine. And Becky fell off like five times into the like mother, like daughter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So you know, we're going, we're starting off on this banana boat. Even me, I'm thinking, holy crap, this is like bumpy. This is crazy. I'm barely holding on. And you know, when you go like tubing at the lake or anything like a roller coaster, you have the giggles. You're laughing the entire time, which makes everything like way more. Where were you Harder at? to hold on. Oh, I was bad. in the middle. You were in front of me. So I was in the no, middle. No, Drew was in front of me. Yeah. Oh, my God. So we're, you know, she's on the banana boat and <laughs> starts to pick up, you know, and the whole time me, my cousin Drew and his buddy are like, faster, faster. And Lauren's back there like, no, do not go faster. <laughs> we're like, yes, send it. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, this guy, he's probably on drugs. He's like, yeah, let's go. So yeah, he's, he's getting starts, pulled by a jet ski. So the, the like professional man is driving and he's like, hell yeah, let's do it, kids. And we're all <laughs> under 18. Like we're like 16 and 12. So, <laughs> so for, okay, here's level one. First hard wave we hit. <laughs> Lauren goes flying. <laughs> Actually, No. She still remains on the banana boat. No, she that just was, no, no, lands no, in the middle. The first time I totally fell off. I fell off three times. The first two times I fell off. The second time was the most embarrassing incident. It's fine. And then the third time, Drew, Drew had to help me back in the boat. And I literally was spread eagle in the middle. <laughs> okay, I'll just finish telling the story. It's fine. So the first time I fall off, it's... And it's so hard to get back on because you're in the middle of the ocean, so you don't have anything to, like... like what do you have to push off yeah, of? Yeah, you have nothing to push off of. So I'm just sitting there chilling in the middle of the ocean, and Drew starts screaming, Jellyfish! Jellyfish! They were everywhere. And so I start panicking, and I'm, like, trying to kick back on, and I'm almost all the way back on the boat, and what does my rude-ass brother do? <laughs> Kicks me in the chest and pushes me back <laughs> off. So then I have to climb all the way back on. I get back on. And then the second... The second fall happens. And I'm holding onto the boat, trying not to fall off. And my bathing suit bottoms no, well, slip up. off. Wait, we gotta back up. Wait, okay. why? Part of the story that is the greatest. What? I don't even know what she's gonna what say. What are you talking about? You just gotta imagine. Lord. Are you gonna talk about how I was the chubby one? It's fine. The chubby girl was flying off the boat. You get it. No, uh, Lauren is in Okay. No, that's on the next part. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. So, that happens before that? Yes. Because <laughs> so we're a mess. Yes. Oh. So I fall off a second time, and my swimming suit shorts 
come down to my ankles. Thank God I am a dancer and flexed my feet and they didn't (laughs) slip off into the ocean. And I want to blame my mother for how embarrassing this is because... I had quite a bush. <laughs> it's fine. I was 11, 12. It's fine. Okay. We all we all have one at one point in time, ladies. But never in my wildest dreams did I think my cousin and my, my cousin, my 16-year-old brother and his best friend who I had a crush on at the time would see it. I was mortified. And I am a redhead. So they started calling me. What was it? Fire? No, Redbeard. <laughs> they started calling me Redbeard for my entire life. Denver still will bring it up when I see him in public. And I'm like, okay, I hate you. I can't so listen, 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 listen. I bl- the reason I blame my mother is because she never told me you're supposed to shave it off. Because she never did because she's a woman of the 80s. That's right. I'm like, I had no idea. And Jenna... I find out many years later. Also, had a bush at the time and just let me be embarrassed. My bush was probably way worse. <laughs> it was so bad. And looking back, it was bad. I deserved to get roasted for it because then I learned, oh, I'm supposed to shave this off. But I look I like have, Abraham Lincoln down we, there. When I tell you to this day, it gets brought up at every family function. Wait, you guys- My pubic hair gets brought at 11 years old, gets brought up at every family function. It, it's ridiculous. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm getting there. Okay, so I get my shorts back up and I let go of the boat and pull them back up because, you know, <laughs> terrified. And I get, I get back on the boat and they're all, you know, call me Redbeard already. It's fine. I fall off a third time. And I'm like, okay, I'm over this shit. I'm never getting on the banana boat again. This is my favorite part. And so I finally get back on the boat. And my smartness was like, I'm just going to lay in the middle of the boat and hold on to the both sides and just ride the rest of this ride out. And so we get back. We get back. And our parents are patiently waiting for their boat ride next. And they see me just spread eagle in the middle of the boat. They're <laughs> like, what happened? And I said, I don't want to talk about it. And then, of course, Drew and Denver are like, red beard, red beard, red beard. Well, Lauren is just flying in the middle. And also, this was like in the middle of the week of the trip. So I had to live with these people for the next like three days. But and they do, were still talking I, about my pubic hair. The way that I remember it I is, went and shaved it in the shower that <laughs> next day. I want you to know. What, the way I remember it is when we got back onto shore. <laughs> Is when your bikini bottom was off of like it wasn't centered. Yeah, because and that's I had when- to pull them back up in the middle of the ocean. Sorry, I didn't have enough time to put my bathing suit bottoms on. Right? You're like she knows it. You're like sorry, I didn't have enough time to tuck my bush back in. <laughs> Basically, sorry, I didn't have enough time to tuck on my pubic hair away. Okay, I don't know what you want from me. It's fine. I'm not resentful of it at all. Still, it's okay. Yeah, she's totally fine. I'm totally okay with it now. <laughs> That's the best story ever. Is it? Is it the best story ever? And you know, it's not even about the red beard. It's you flopping in the middle. That's easy to say when it's not your red beard. That's true. (laughs) And yes, that does answer the question that carpets do match the drapes. Not always. Not anymore. Now, now not that I'm older. It's fine. Not always does it. All right, guys. So we just went over basically the highlight of our childhood. Your highlight. Not my highlight. (laughs) So there's something that I kind of want to kind of head into. And 
I want to I want to discuss Jenna versus Lauren. And mom, I want you to chime in on this when you can. But there was one of us, one of us that was the demon and one of us that was the angel. And I know a lot of you are probably thinking it was me that's the demon. So did the rest of our family. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, you know, for the sake of Lauren's reputation, I took the crown of the demon. I, I said, you know what? I'm just going to eat this one. I'm going to, I'm going to be the demon. It's fine. And and here's why, because our parenting from Lauren's parents to my parents were very different. Mm-hmm. Kind of explain how, how your parents would parent. So, I mean, okay. So I had an older brother who got into a lot of trouble yes. all the time. So... I think compared to my brother, my parents were like, she is an angel. And so they were like, we can give her more freedom. Which, so my parents, I mean, they didn't really say no a lot. Like, the only time they really would ever say no is if I was like, can I have a friend over on a school night? And they'd be like, no. But, like, if I would go to, like, a friend's house on the weekends, and they'd be like, be home at 9, as long as I texted them at, like, 8.30. and was like, hey, I'm not going to make it home by 9. I'm going to probably be home at 10. They'd be like, okay, thanks for letting us know. We appreciate it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to hop in here. Here's where my parents differed. <laughs> Mainly my dad. Mom usually just chimed in with dad because she didn't want the fight, you know. And my parents went through some struggles, okay. And that's kind of why they parented me the way that they did because they didn't want me to do the same things and make the same mistakes that they did. And I totally understand that now. But Lauren could call and say, hey, I'm going to be home at 10. Cool. Um, I might be home at 11. Cool. <laughs> I had a boyfriend in high school, which I've talked about before. I would go to his football games, okay? Football games wouldn't even, like, end, end until, like, 9 p.m. Dad would tell me to be home at 9. He said, Dad, the football game ain't over. <laughs> the football game ain't over until 9, buddy. And he said, okay, you know what? 10 (laughs) said oh we're getting somewhere (laughs) so I what I would do is you know I always wanted to go after and see my boyfriend at the school after football games and you know love on each other whatever because we didn't see each other all week and that was like our time to see each other and I thought 11 was like reasonable for me because you know I'm me and I know who I am and I know Mm -hmm. that I can follow rules I thought 11 was reasonable and dad's still no 10 I'm like Dad always said that anything after dark, that's where it all goes down. (laughs) Yeah, he said anything after midnight or anything when it's dark, nothing good happens. Which he probably wasn't wrong, but you know what? It builds character. (laughs) And so I would go see my boyfriend, and I remember, you know, I was like, okay, I gotta go. Like, I gotta go. I'm sprinting to my car, like, you know, sprinting. So I'm coming around this bend around the house, and it's exactly 10 p.m. I would honk the horn. Because I wanted dad to know I was here. I walked in and dad's like, just so you know, honking the horn outside of the house at 10 p.m. doesn't count. You need to be stepping foot inside of this home at 10 p.m. Mic drop. (laughs) That was what it was like. And yeah, so that's kind of like how we differed. And I think um, I would say I walked on eggshells a lot. With that, where, and I understand why my parents went through some, you know. I was probably more the lenient one. Yes. Which at times I probably shouldn't have been. Mm. 
I mean, did Jenna really do anything that no. bad? No. Never. No, but here's the thing. When you parent, you need to be in unison. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of the problems, you know, came about. That me and Shanna needed to be together on things, and we weren't. No. And, you know, he would go one way, I would go the other. And then that causes confusion with your children. It worked out now. Like, it makes sense now, yeah. and I'm thankful for it, but... We know we know that you are a good kid, but we were trying to protect you from things that we knew that was out there. Because me and your dad has been there. So, we know where life can take you, and very quickly. Yeah. Yes. Good. Well, I was going to say, because... In the whole Jenna versus Lauren thing, there was definitely a Lori versus Becky when you guys mm-hmm. were children. For sure. Yeah. My mom was very, like, f- went by the rules, like, followed every rule in the book. You, you think and that. Aunt Lori pushed she the envelope. Said, you think that. <laughs> well, think she did. okay, maybe when she got older, but, I mean, I mean, did my mom really do anything that crazy? I would like to bring up the fact that you did accidentally set my mom's car on fire I because you so. snuck it out at night one time. <laughs> So. I, don't, I don't think your mom did until after she graduated. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was a bad kid. For sure. But it's okay. You, yeah. You're good now. It's all good. So um, <laughs> I want you to tell the story of kind of what your little tactic was if you were going to be with friends. Oh, okay. Potentially um, well, consuming before, alcohol. Yes. Well, before we get into that, I just think the reason that you got known as like the trouble child and I was known as the angel child. And it's because <laughs> of... When we were little, you know those, like, stories that, like, your family, like, tells every, that your family tells at every family get-together? Like, do you have that one story when you were a kid that you've heard a million times? Okay, Jenna's story was, we were all playing hide-and-seek. Uh, we were at our great grandmother, who oh, we okay. called Ninas. <laughs> we were at, we were all the kids, all the cousins. We were all downstairs playing hide and seek, and Jenna was it. So Jenna, <laughs> so we had we were all downstairs hiding, and Jenna couldn't find any of us. We were all like hiding in these cupboards, like that were downstairs. And Jenna is at the top of the stairs, and she's so mad, and she puts her little <laughs> hands on her hips. She's probably, like, four. And she goes, all right, you little assholers. <laughs> and our great-grandma almost died right there in the kitchen. <laughs> she was mortified. But then, so that's the story that always gets told about Jenna. The story that always gets told about me is when I was um, little, oh. my mom and my grandma were driving somewhere, and I was in the back in my car seat. And I randomly went... You know, I, I know what angels look like. And my grandma goes, oh, really? Why? And she goes, because I was with the angels before Jesus sent me here to live with you. Oh, <laughs> and I think that is the epitome. And I'm over here like, you assholers. <laughs> I think that's the epitome. And I do of, not know where Jenna learned that word from. Yeah. I don't know where you would have either. I don't not know. No assholers. I don't know. Maybe asshole, but assholers. I don't know where you would have gotten that one from. She did call one of her uh, friends that was a boy. She locked him out of the car. And she goes, let me in, you bastard. And, and I've never is, heard that one. That is not one word that we've used. So I don't know where, whether it was the I also, public school, for I sure. I a feeling. She 100%. I was, yeah. So that, you guys can kind of see where I got a little viewed as the the problem child. But I want you to tell kind of mm-hmm. your little tactic if yes. you were going to be consuming <laughs> alcohol, which I, keep in mind, guys. Her mom we were thought 16, she so. was guzzling water, just water, <laughs> water. Yeah, we've had, had many a- conversations where Becky said, no, Lauren's not drinking. <laughs> 
No, she would never do that. And this is, mom would go, Becky. I said, what rock are you living under? Crawl on that. But you never ratted me out, and I appreciate you for that. I I really appreciate that. Okay, so, listen. I was on my game when I was 16, (laughs) and I... Would go to my friends. We we had we had two friends that their parents sometimes would supply the alcohol, but it's fine. Um, we had friends' parents who would like turn a blind eye, like we don't see anything, you know. So we would party at their house a lot between the ages of like sixteen and eighteen. So we're at we would go to this these houses, and I would be plastered. It <laughs> was not safe. It's fine, but I was I, in my defense, I was responsible with it, but. So I would call my mom. I would go outside away from the party, and I would like, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. Act like you have your shit <laughs> yeah, together. Yeah, I'm like, act like you're the soberest person on the planet. So I'd call my mom, and I'd be like, mom. And she'd be like, what's wrong? And I'm like, everyone at so-and-so's house um, has been drinking, and I, I just feel really nervous leaving them all here. <laughs> I just feel really bad and really nervous leaving them all here without someone sober. And I, like, feel uncomfortable. And mom would be like, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Just stay there with them. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, mom, like, I'll be home in the morning. And then she'd be like, okay, yeah, be home by, like, 9 a.m. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll be home by 9 a.m., I promise. And I would just like to point out I was always home by, like, 9 in the morning ready to go because I was be guzzling water before I fell asleep. <laughs> like, water, Gatorade, Pedialyte. I, I knew all and the I tricks. And I didn't even have my first sip of alcohol into my senior year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fine. And then I would call Aunt Lori and I would, like, tell her all these stories. And my mom would call her and they would talk about, like, mom be like, I really don't think Lauren drinks. And Aunt Lori's sitting there like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. But, yeah, I mean, in my defense, it was a pretty good tactic. And I never told ever your dirty little secrets. This reminds me of something that Lauren could lie, lie through her teeth. Honestly, I cannot lie to this day. Mm -hmm. If you ever wondering if if you ever are wondering if I'm lying to you, just know that I'm not because I can't lie. You're horrible at all. I cannot. It's bad. (laughs) It eats at me. I will get sick. I have Mm -hmm. to tell the truth. So. We're at my grandma and grandpa's house, okay? I have a friend over from high school. She's kind of like, she's kind of like the bad, not a bad girl, but she's a little, her parents kind of just let her run free yeah, a little bit. Not a bad girl. But no, not like I mean, bad. So we have these neighborhood boys and they text us and they're like, hey, come out and play basketball in your grandma and grandpa's yard. Yard. Literally their driveway. Their driveway. In the front of their house. And you the don't get to talk like that. No. <laughs> we're so bad at us. You're in on it. <laughs> don't even. No, no, no. Wait, no. let us finish the story no, first, no. and then the you can tell us your side. I was mad because grandma and grandpa, or grandpa, yeah. was livid. And what was I supposed to do? I know. Well, True. Tell, the, tell the story. So, you know, thinking back, this doesn't make much sense in my brain. But, you know, we were, I don't know if we really wanted to give it, like, the sneaking out appeal. We thought we were badass. We thought That's we were cool. So, we didn't think all of us just go out through the front door. We, we, we really tried to go out through the window mm-hmm. for some reason. And we messed up the screen, which is, I think, what was the dead giveaway of yeah. us trying well, we to, quote, unquote, sneak out. out. Yeah, we couldn't figure out the screen. So, then we, I thought we did go out the we front door. We did go out the front door, but we messed the screen up in the process. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, we're out in this driveway literally the front of the house with like motion lights on playing mm-hmm. basketball like we're not out there rolling up a blunt like we're <laughs> we're out there playing basketball yeah. and i 
I remember we woke up the next morning and we were woken up by our moms being like, get up. Yeah. And we're like, what? And, and who was the, they who immediate, was the major one that was? Aunt Becky. Okay. They immediately separated us. <laughs> immediately. Oh <my> <laughs> I was in one bedroom with my mother. Jenna <laughs> was in another bedroom with her mother. And my mom was livid. She was like, why was the screen moved? And I said, oh, um, we wanted to go outside to play basketball. I don't know why we tried to go through the window. Mom, I really don't know. She's like, did you go anywhere? I'm like, no, we were literally in the driveway. And she was like, this is the best part. She was like, you better tell me because you know Jenna is in there singing like a canary. Mom, as I'm in there, yes, mom. We tried to go out the window. The window didn't work. We so we went, we made our way to the front door. We went out there. I exactly dribbled the, the basketball 17 times. Walked with my left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Walked back inside. We even had like videos of us playing basketball. We were like we because yeah. we were because you know when you're young and you're kids and. You're like, oh my god, let's record this. It's gonna be so cool. Let's <laughs> record us shooting basketball. Woo! So <laughs> she used to call me at work, and something was on her mind. Stupid stuff. <laughs> and literally call me at work, mom. I've I've been thinking about this, and I gotta tell you, I have to get it off my chest. I mean, stuff that really didn't matter, but she had to tell me. Oh yeah, Jenna cannot lie to save her life because it will literally eat at her. Like. I remember I had like I don't I almost like borderline would call it like an obsessive compulsive pulsive yeah. disorder. And that was just through puberty. Yeah, it was really bad. And I remember there was this game I played all the time up at Grandma Grandpa's and it was called Hobo. If you remember it, you have to tell me because it was this game where you would get on there, you would create your own little character and you could chat with everybody. I don't remember. It, oh, it, it was a PC game, yeah. and it was called Hobo, and you can make make your own little house. But what you would do is people would say like little like cuss words or little sexual <laughs> things at each other. And I remember one time I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say sex, S E X, and I type it. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta call my mom. I call her. I'm like, mom, I just typed in sex on the PC, and mom's like, Jenna, I'm at work. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you're not mad? She's like, no, I don't even know what you're saying. I'm like, oh, thank God she's not mad. That reminds me of when um, you would get grounded from the computer and you would text me before your phone got taken. You'd be like, can you please take care of my webkins, puppy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I got you. Don't worry. Your little pink poodle. Do you remember that? I'm like, don't worry, I got you. I'm, I'm, like, hey, I'm like, hey, it's my bi-weekly grounding. <laughs> Basically. That I get every freaking two weeks um, on the dot. Can you take care of my wife, kids? Yeah, I got you, don't worry. And if you want to think, you, you're killing her if you took her phone away. Because oh you were at the time. Because I had to I had to really get in all of my messages <laughs> before you took it in two days. For Yeah, that's another breathing. thing between our parents like they would take my phone and it would maybe be 24 hours and they would never even think to go through it do you want to guess the longest that my dad took mine <laughs> probably like six month. months four months, four months. <laughs> and then you want to know what he would do he had a calendar in the kitchen still has it there every time i would ask he'd say if you keep asking i'm gonna add a week so i'd ask again like a dumbass and you know what he would do <laughs> add another week had a week he would write on the calendar jenna gets phone back a week later no, Green, I would have gave it back a lot sooner. If I it will wasn't s- Shannon for Shannon. I, I will would. say this: I had an iPod. I know. Mom didn't wrap me out on that one, so I would get a little texting app, text my boyfriends. Speaking of that, remember that time yes. we were in Myrtle Beach? Okay, guys, we're in Myrtle Beach again. The fun really happens in Myrtle Beach. Neither of them know what I'm about to say, so no, it's going to be a surprise for everybody. In Myrtle Beach, I have a pink BlackBerry. I know you guys are envisioning envisioning it right now. 
You had a Blackberry? I had a yeah. pink one. I remember you momentarily a dropped on the ground. The keyboard buttons popped out. I have no phone. So mom lets me use her phone to text oh, my middle school boyfriend. And, you know, it's cool. You know, at the time I didn't, I, nothing sexual was appealing to me. I found it very weird. I did. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one of some of my friends told me about, I'm sorry to be weird, but like fingering. I remember, oh, yeah, I remember being about this, like so repulsed. Like, why yeah. would, like I was like, fingers. Yeah. You were like, on the phone one time talking about it when you heard about it. And you're like, I can't imagine someone putting their fingers in there. <laughs> and I was like, ew, that's so gross. <laughs> so like 11. That's the mindset I was in. So I have this boyfriend that's a year older than me. He's a guy. He's a boy. Obviously he's his, his hormones are through the rough. And mom gives me her phone being very generous. Like, oh, she just wants to text her boyfriend. So I'm laying in bed a little bit after hours, you know. Know, texted my boyfriend just you know like typical typical lovey stuff oh, you will remember it and he kept saying to me let me just send the picture and mind you i'm so confused what picture he's honestly talking about i thought that was here at home it was it was here once we got home remember because my phone was broken oh, myrtle beach uh-huh. so i come home i have your phone i'm laying in bed you know i don't want to put my phone up because i'm enjoying my conversation with my middle school boyfriend and he's like let me send the picture and i'm thinking i don't know what you're talking about like what picture i really didn't know right as he sent it i didn't even see it okay dad comes in why are you still on your phone I'm like, ah. he snatches it out of my hands, goes to plug it in. But when he plugs it in, it's still left on our <laughs> messages. <laughs> okay. Do you want to know what he saw? Yes. A penis. <laughs> A pubescent <laughs> penis. And, and, and that whole, he'll never forget that, no. that image. <laughs> Do you want to know sure. what he did? This is like, this is classic my dad fashion. He walks in and he goes, just so you know. I just saw your boyfriend's penis <laughs> on your mom's phone. <laughs> so oh, once again, no. uh, my non-existent phone was taken <laughs> and that's how it went. So, you know what? I even told dad, I didn't want the picture. I didn't even know what he was talking about. He just sent it. I'm like, read the messages. I didn't even egg it on. So yeah. Okay guys. So we're going to kind of go out of the funny stuff and you know, we're going to get into something a little deep. This is going to be subject around death. And so if that is hard for anybody to listen to, definitely you might want to click off of this part. Cause I know that could be like a trigger for some people. Um, but at certain points in this podcast, you heard Lauren say, you know, my mom is, was kind of heard her talk about that. So if you guys didn't kind of pick up on that, um, in 2018, my aunt and Lauren's mom and my mom's sister, passed away. So, um, it's something that has been super hard for our family. Me and Lauren both have tattoos on our wrist for my aunt and her mother, kind of like her heart is stitched on our sleeve. She, I feel like it was one of those things that we didn't realize the role she played on our family until she, she wasn't around anymore. She was definitely the glue. The glue. Sure. Like to family functions or just like anything. And, and if you guys didn't know, um, she had a disease called mycenia gravis and you know a lot more about it, but Mm -hmm. I do know it affects like your muscles and your immune system. So just like a quick, like explanation of what it is. So basically her blood would like produce antibodies and they would attack at the receptors that are between your nerves and your muscles. So like the shortened version is basically her brain couldn't fully tell her muscles what to do. So say they would get fatigued very easily. And it'd be like the 
like smaller muscles. So like she would get tired at work just sitting up in a chair all day. Like, cause you have to have muscles to hold you up in a chair. Yeah. We don't really think about that, but she would get her like abdominal muscles would get exhausted or even just her muscles in her eyes, like from blinking all day, like even they would get tired and she just like, she would go lay down, not because she was tired, but because she just could not hold her eyes open. And that was more in the beginning before she got her like treatment. She had it. She had my senior gravis for on like what? Seven years. Diagnosed. Yeah. But they think it was a lot longer. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And just to kind of like preface, we always say that like Lauren's a lot like my mom. They're Mm -hmm. very into band and very just like emotional and very just, I don't know. You guys are very a lot alike. And we Mm -hmm. always say that we were all, we were switched at birth. Yeah. (laughs) So I always related a lot to Aunt Becky because her and I both were softball players and kind of tough, you know, Mm -hmm. and like we had the same emotions. Like she does too. Health issues. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, like there was nobody that I could, I could probably make laugh more <laughs> than Aunt Becky. Like her and I, we had very yes, for sure, like similar sense of humors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes and that's kind of a dark joke. But like when mom, we finally got diagnosed that she had myasthenia gravis. She would Jenna would get her laughing so hard. And she'd be like, "Stop, stop! I'm gonna stop breathing. I'm gonna stop breathing. Stop!" And it was like people say that, but it's like, no, she really might. Stop yeah, yeah, so like maybe. Cool it down. Maybe we should stop making her laugh. Yeah. So, you know, she dealt with this for a long time. For more than seven years, I mm-hmm. would say. But she was always the person <laughs> that would still go out and maintain a garden. Oh, yeah. She was and, someone. Oh, by the way, she got stuck in her garden. Oh, she... my gosh. I forgot. Did you ever know that story? Yeah. It's yeah. funny, but mm-hmm. sad, but it is funny. Yeah. Um, Do you want to tell her? Oh, no, no, so she, um, so yeah, every year mom had this garden. She loved it. It was like her thing every summer. And one day she decided to go out like right after it had been raining. So it was like real muddy, you know, and she had her, um, what do you call those boots? Rubber, rubber boots on. Rubber boots on. Rubber yeah. Boots. boots. Yeah. They were real cute, real pink. Mm-hmm. And, um, she went out in the garden and she was like, just like pulling weeds out, you know, and she got stuck in the mud and was like, it, it's, <laughs> and she didn't have her cell phone. No, she didn't take her cell phone out with her. I don't, still don't know why, but she, um, was pulling the weeds out, got stuck and she's like trying to pull herself out and can't. She's like yelling for my dad who's in the house, which is like we live on pretty decent sized property. So um, she was pretty far away from the house. She's like screaming, hoping my dad will hear her. And she's like even even in like those kind of moments, she like would fight through the pain and she like got herself out of there. You know, I mean, it kind of sounds maybe more dramatic than it was, but. For sure. It was She's like, tough, yeah. oh, yeah, that just showed you how tough just she some was. of the stuff that she would do. When she was in like pain or just yeah. like exhausted, she would do it. it. It just blows my mind. So, if we kind of, that kind of lays everything out for you. And also, I want to say like there was a lot of times. There was one time she went septic, right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot, oh, a lot of a times, a lot, a few times, yeah. and which a lot of people die don't from. come back from that. No. So and there was a lot of just she was in the hospital a lot. <laughs> I mean, like whether she was treatments here in or Ohio's hospital. Twice? Twice, yeah. No, all three. Yeah. So her, you know, it was, it was crucial to get her to her doctor in Indiana because he was pretty educated on the disease Mm -hmm. because it is very rare. Well, let me go to tell you this. Um, Once a week, she would have plasma paresis. Lauren, go ahead and tell them about that. So, yeah. So, and again, myasthenia gravis is known, like its nickname is the snowflake disease because no two cases of myasthenia are alike. So... What would work for my mom may not work for someone else, vice versa. And so what really worked for her 
was these plasma exchanges she would get. So basically she had a port in her chest. It's kind of like dialysis. It's so like basically it would filter out all of her blood in her body. So it would, t- it would take like eight to nine hours every week. So in the beginning she was doing it twice a week, <clears throat> but it would filter out all of her blood and filter out the bad plasma and then put new plasma in. And it's so basically the shortened her, version of it. Going yeah. For as long as she's yeah. And a lot of times when she would go septic, that was kind that of was what would help why. with it was well, the reason filtering out the blood that like that. She would go septic at times. And for those that don't know, septic is when an infection yeah. gets so bad it goes into your blood. Yeah. And a lot of the times it was from her port that mm-hmm. she would go yeah. septic. Um, it would get an infection in the port. And um, from the port, it goes right into the blood. So mm-hmm. it was very dangerous. So yes. if that doesn't kind of lay out, there was a lot of times she was she was in the hospital all the time. Oh, yeah. like we had to start putting IVs in the top of her feet. Mm-hmm. Like both she, feet. Both yeah. feet. So yeah. she, it was not, it was, it sucked every time she was in the hospital. It was one of those things where you always thought she's coming home. home. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that was, you know. So Until it was, the last time. Yes. And then and, it was like. And I always knew. I was kind of the one. It happened. Yeah. I was kind of always the one that was like, when she was dying, I was, I think I was the only one that wasn't in denial about it at first. I, I wasn't in denial. You don't think so? Mm-mm. I'll tell my side of it too. I feel like I have a different view on mm-hmm. it than you guys I do. I just yeah. knew so, this time. I just knew. Yeah. So different. what happened was, so my mom ended up with MRSA, which can be really hard to get over when you don't have a disease that's destroying your immune system. And so, like, my mom would go septic even if she just got a UTI. And so, so from, even from shaving her um, underarms, which yeah. I think is probably where she got MRSA. I think so, yeah. And so, go ahead. Yeah, so she she got MRSA, which we didn't know it was MRSA at the time. But we were here. We were visiting. We were here, actually, for a family member's funeral. And... But for some reason, when we were here, mom, like, wanted to do everything. Like, was very adamant about everything. I remember, yeah. like, when she was like, feel this bump in my armpit. And I was like, well, like, we should go to get yeah, it we checked like, out. We, we all said, we like, did. or we something. We all said, like, you need to go to the ER. And she yeah. was like, no. Like, she was, like, very, yeah. like, in a mood about I it. Think- and she said, no, we're going to urgent care. Mm-hmm. We're going to get it checked out, and we're going kayaking. That was her whole thing. I can we are going kayaking. My, one of my biggest memories is sitting at Mr. Lee's, and the sense of urgency from her, you know, mm-hmm. we got to do this, we got to do that. Yeah. You know? She, like, so. and normally, yeah, normally we would get we would get here on, we, like, because Mom and I would come here for a week together all the time, and she would never, like... Not like that. We were always really relaxed. I'd be like, oh, we'll go do this one day with that. Like, she wanted to do something every day yeah. that we haven't done yet. And it was also weird because, you know, we were here for that funeral and she got to see all of her extended family that she hadn't seen in so long. Because normally when we come here, it's just we hang out with Jenna and Aunt Lori and our grandparents. Well, your guys' parents. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. So we get here. We, she gets, she has MRSA. And so she starts getting really sick really fast. And we ended up going home a day early. And I had to drive her back six hours. And when I tell you. I thought she was going to die in the car on the way home, like no. straight up. And so, well, first of all, our hospital. Yeah. So go. yeah, we did take her to the hospital here, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, we'll test you to see if you're septic." And they let her go. And they let her go home when they should not have. They should have waited for the culture to come back, and they yeah. sent her home. Yeah. Septic. They sent us home. So then, mm-hmm. they were like, "Yeah." They thought it was cellulitis. They didn't even know it was MRSA at that point. They thought it was cellulitis under her arm. And they were like, and we explained myasthenia gravis to them. They didn't know what it was because, again, it is so rare. And so yeah. then they were like, go home. We'll let you know what the culture says, yada, yada, which they should not have done. It's no. fine. 
But then um, we all, mom didn't sleep out all that night. And she was like, you need to sleep a little bit because you're going to have to drive tomorrow. And I was like, okay. So I was like, are you sure? Because I will fight through it and drive through the night. And she was like, no, get some sleep. So then she woke me up at like 5 a.m. and was like, we need to go. And I was like, okay. So we get her in the car. I'm driving 90 to 100 miles an hour the entire drive home. And I'm like, I just have to get her to Terre Haute. I just have to get her to Terre Haute. So then we, I get stopped by a police officer on the way home, like 30 minutes from Terre Haute. And he was like, you know, you're going like 98. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my mom is in the car next to me and she's really sick. And I need to get her to her doctor's. And he was like, well, why didn't you stop at the hospital at the exit back there? And I said, because she has a rare disease and she needs... To get back, and he just let me go. Didn't give me like a police escort, nothing. And I was like, "Why is the world against me today?" So then, I finally get her to Terre Haute. I get her in the ER. I had to go get a wheelchair to take her into the emergency room. And finally, my grandma, her mom, gets there, and I broke down. I was like, "That was the worst six-hour drive turned into three-hour drive my entire life." And she was like, "It's okay. Like it's gonna be fine." And it was there for a while. Like, we were like, yeah. we thought it was going to be okay. And she was in the hospital for like a week. And also on that drive, mm-hmm. if this just says. Oh, oh yes. yes. I didn't know if you wanted me to bring this up, so I wasn't going to, but I you know. can. I was either, I was like, just <laughs> if this just up. says anything about, like, she essentially is. she's in her final moments of life. Yeah, and, she and I felt think she like knew that. She, like, yeah, going back to her being so adamant about things and. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think I remember when mom called me and said, Aunt Becky's on the vent. I remember I instantly, without hesitation, started to cry. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I just knew something wasn't right. And I, and if this doesn't tell you about her character, that on the drive home, she sent me this message because at the time I was it's dating a long this message. I was dating this, it was a long message. Was, mm-hmm. I was dating this guy that cheated on me all the time. I had, and I've talked about it before in past episodes. I completely lost myself as a person and she knew it. And she sent me this message basically saying, you know, you know, like you're, you need to not go back to him. Like you need to find you a godly man. Like you need to find someone that loves you for you. You will, if you don't settle. And she sent me this long message and the words were misspelled. Mm -hmm. Like you can tell she was literally like in her final freaking moments. Like she was holding on for dear life. And, and she thought I need to send Jenna this yeah. message. On this drive, I like had to keep reaching over and putting my fingers on her nose, to make sure she was still breathing. Like it was terrifying and probably why I have a little bit of PTSD now. It's okay. We're going to therapy for it. But anyways, <laughs> so, um, we get to the hospital. Everything's, we were like, okay, everything seems like it's going to be okay. The, we got her to her doctors and they were seeming hopeful. And then I don't even remember what made it start to go downhill. But my grandma, her mother, was I think they were there. afraid to give her her um, plasma that, Yeah, you're right. right. Okay. And then she went into a um, something. Um, yeah, so swell. like the septic got a lot worse. And they were nervous that if they tried to do her plasma exchange it would just create a worse problem it lowers your immunity so like normally what would save her from the septicness happening she wasn't able to do so um i can remember grandma telling me that and my mom knew her body well like because and she was a nurse so like she knew she knew how things ran you know and she told the nurse she was like i need i think you need to intubate me i feel like i'm gonna stop breathing and the nurse was like, we can't do that unless it's, like, an emergency situation. And literally, like, 
30 minutes later, mom stopped breathing and they had to try to intubate her, but she was so like her trachea was so swollen. So they couldn't get the tube in. So she was without oxygen, oxygen for seven eight, minutes, eight, eight minutes. minutes. Is that what it was? One of the two. But so I she was without oxygen for, is, yeah, yeah, she was without oxygen for way too long. So basically she was brain dead. So, um, the doctor came in. So, okay. So he was telling us about her being on the vent and he came in and was like, we're going to run some tests on her brain just to make sure there's brain activity, but it's really rare in a situation like this, not like for her to not have brain activity. And as soon as the doctor said that, I knew she was going to be brain dead because every rare thing that could happen medically happened to my mother. Like that just a little off story. So mom one time got swimmers here <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she's so stubborn. It oh. was like, I'll just use the over counter medicine. It's fine. I don't need to go to the doctor. It's okay. So the infection gets so bad. It went to the bone in her ear. <laughs> like who does that happen to other than my mother? So, <laughs> They had to go and remove a piece of, like, they had to, like, this kind of gross. They, yeah, they had to go, this is kind of gross. So they had to take the whole, her whole ear off of her body. And they had to <laughs> remove the infected bone. And when they went <laughs> to put her ear back on, they sewed it on a little crooked. So anytime she wore sunglasses, it was like a little, <laughs> like, if that doesn't tell you the rarest medical stuff doesn't happen to my mother. I mean, she had myasthenia gravis, for Christ's sakes, like. That's such a rare disease to have. So, anywho, so as soon as the doctor said, it's so rare, I was like, okay, so she's going to be brain dead. I remember turning to my dad and being like, I don't know what I'm going to do without a mom. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, stop. Like, don't talk like that. And I'm like, dad, come on. So then we get the, the results back and she was brain dead. So then my dad had to make the horrible decision to take her off the ventilator. And let me tell you something. I understand that movies and tv shows like they can't show you the gruesome things because then you won't want to watch but when i tell you someone coming off a ventilator is nothing like they show you on tv and movies no, not at all. it was horrible. the noises just oh my gosh. like i'll never the, forget the, the noises the fighting yeah. for her life still life and just yeah i think what was hard for me because i took <laughs> it a lot different than you two did i think you guys took it hard mm-hmm. but i think i think it hit me all at once where yeah. it kind of was a delayed reaction oh, i think you and i aunt Lori, were in shock and, for sure you guys were in yeah. shock for a while where it hit me all at once and i, I remember like walking in there and i couldn't even step in and i just was immediately t- t- in tears and i remember mm-hmm. like i her her eyes were like glazed over almost yeah, that, that didn't happen right away but that was when it got me that was so hard because it was hard to see this like lively bubbly person that was a lot like me mm-hmm. just almost just there yeah and it and it really it was freaking hard yeah <laughs> and i remember the whole time we were at the hospital i kept i had this feeling of missing something yeah, it was her because person. it was her because usually like Anything that we would go do, like, she like was right there to add humor to it. Oh, yeah, because you, Aunt, Becky? Yeah, cause Aunt yeah. Lori and I were like, we need to get out of yeah. this hospital. So uh-huh. me, Aunt Lori, and Jenna, we all went to a Chinese buffet to just get out of there. Because there was also, like, a ton of people mm. coming in and... That, I think this is where the anger stage of grief yes. came in, but it just made me so mad me that I was like, People I need to there leave. that didn't know her like we did, yeah. trying to act and, like and they knew her, her like yes. we did. Seeing her at her worst, but yeah. didn't see her 
at her best. Yeah, exactly. That's hard. So we were like, we need to get out of here. So we went and ate Chinese food. And I remember we all sat there and cried. And we were like, something's just missing. And it it was her. Because it was always just the four of us for a long time. I was at her, when we were at her funeral, you know, and um, a friend of mine that I worked with for years named Lisa, she sent her flowers. Because Becky and Mm -hmm. um, Lisa got along really well. They both, um, Lisa has... um, psoriatic arthritis and they would talk back and forth on facebook they'd have the same kind of sense of humor Mm -hmm. and i I think you guys were beside me yeah and Mm -hmm. i was yeah i just said oh becky look you know so i always feel like Mm -hmm. she's always going to be beside me i remember when mom did that i looked at dad and dad went oh because Mm -hmm. Mom turns around to to sh- to be like, Aunt Becky, look yeah. what you got, and it's like, and I'm yeah. so socially awkward, and Becky was always um, my buffer. And yeah, she was a social butterfly. Yeah, for she sure. was, and so you know, I just leaned on her through those times, and it, it was just almost like it wasn't her, mm-hmm. and it was just like I know you you probably felt like this a little bit where you're. You felt like you were hovering around the whole situation, like you were above it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was in it. Yeah. No, the whole thing felt it. so unreal, out of body. You know, it was definitely out of body. Yeah. It it was the weirdest thing, and I and you know, I remember laying in bed with and, I, and kind of the whole point of this story too is what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode is like this was the moment that I felt like Jenna didn't leave my side. No. For two weeks. No, like, I felt like I was, yeah. I, like, that was the moment that I was, like, me and Lauren are locked in for life, mm-hmm. you know, because it was, it was hard for me. It was really hard for me, and I couldn't imagine how it felt oh, for no. her. Okay. And another thing is, like, we have a very tough and rough grandpa. Oh, my gosh. And yes. me and Lauren, and mom didn't see <clears throat> this, but I remember. Oh, I did. We, you and I did, but mom didn't. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. And I remember we were, you know, looking at pictures at the funeral home and everything. And grandpa walks in, and mind you, Lauren, me and Lauren have never seen our grandpa cry no. ever. Mm-hmm. Like, not even get teary eyed. And I remember he, he walks in and he sees, you know, think about it. Like, like I said, this, I'm not trying to. You know, and, right at, and right before this, the funeral we were at for, like, while we were in Ohio was for his sister. So, yes. like, a month later, a he week, lost oh, his... Not even a month. Yeah. Like, a he lost his firstborn daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, think about it like that. You know, you have a daughter, you have just a, a kid in general, and, you know, th- watching them lose their life before you do, he walks into the funeral home and bursts into tears. And when I tell oh you he gosh. doesn't just cry, I mean, he quite he hysterically sobbing. sobbed. And yeah. remember, me and Lauren had to just turn around oh, because yeah. we just like, it broke my heart for yeah. sure and definitely um my dad and my mother had a um, bad divorce bad divorce so it, there was a lot of animosity um but during that time i mean they they both hugged and cried and you know um that was shocking yeah, yeah. i never thought i would see that ever yeah. I mean, when you go through losing a child, I'm, sh- I mean, I'll, I pray to God I'll never know that pain, but I've talked to I can't even imagine. Work and they said, you know, I lost my husband. And then, I don't know, a month later, I lost um, my son. She goes, there's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're supposed to go before they do, you know. Yeah. And, and, and a parent. I, I think when you lose your, your, your parents young, too, mm-hmm. is tough. So, I'll, you know, 
I remember the moment, you know, and another thing is my mom, because no one else wanted to step up to the plate, which I'm glad because I feel like no one else should have stayed overnight with my aunt. Yeah. Because, like, everyone would say, where there was Lori, there was Becky. You were, like, it, it was, like, two peas in a pod. Yeah. They just understood each other. They were soul sisters. I don't know how to explain it any better than that, than they were just, like, soul sisters. And the fact that they were literal twins. Literally yeah. twins, like but, like, not exactly. actually twins. It was yeah. the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. She was definitely my soulmate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and sure. um, so, you know, my mom stayed with her one night, and she was breathing. It, it You know, I imagine, like, I, I, was, I had a hard time listening to that within a couple hours. Mom had to listen to that all night and be freaked out and well, running and chasing they, down nurses and telling mm-hmm. them to come check on her. Yeah. And That's when they dropped her down from ICU to a regular room once the vent was taken off. And that was... She was in hospice. No, not yet. Not yet? Oh. I called Mom the next morning, and I said... Because I spent that night with her, and they she wasn't getting enough care as she would in ICU, so they weren't suck, suctioning her out. They weren't, you know, I mean, you know, just it wasn't an ICU room. So that whole night, it was, you know, that labored breathing, and mm-hmm. she just felt and you know stuff, you know. Anyway, I won't yeah, go into that. Yeah, but but anyway, um, um, but I that morning, I I remember the 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 nurses that did uh, my sister's. Um, uh, the plasma phoresis once a week that was with her eight hours and I thought oh lord I was like please somebody come rescue me I can't do this anymore and I went to the bathroom come back out and one of her plasma phoresis nurse was, was at the end of the bed you know just talking to her you know just yeah she had like three main nurses yeah. that always did her treatments and they were the sweetest they women were. I left the in her arms I was so uh, oh that was a long night and then that's when I called mom and I said you need to call hospice. I said she needs comfort care. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether or not she knew what was going on. And I didn't realize you were the one that did that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I just said you need to call. I said she can't do this. I'm not going to let her do that. Yeah. Another night. And then, you know, flash, you know, then she is in hospice. And they were wonderful at hospice. Lauren and I were laying in her bed. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Her dad flips on the lights and said, hey. You know, your mom passed away, which we knew. When those lights flipped on, we knew what was about to be said. And it was such a weird feeling because I expected to just break down and sob. But I literally looked at him and I was like, okay. But don't you think that us getting to do what we did was a blessing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, she didn't die when I was in the room, but I, I can remember I went to the bathroom. I was getting ready to... Like five minutes. Yeah, lay yeah. down, and I'm thinking in my head, I can't listen to her anymore like that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, but I'm going to have to go lay down. But, uh... <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But it's an emotional conversation. It is. It gets me. <laughs> but I remember. Up. I'll tell you a funny story in this though. Um, you know, every so often the nurses would come and move her around, and uh, for some reason, the room was dark. But they decided to position her like straight up. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like a horror movie. Yeah. Like, and oh. I was like, and I can remember walking in. I'm like, oh, what is she? Oh, she's sitting straight up like that. But. I didn't notice right away that it was quiet and mm-hmm. because she was such labored breathing, you know, and walked past her bed and um, get ready to lay down and I stopped and I was like, I don't hear anything. And then so I turned back and she had passed, but 
<clears throat> yeah, she waited. I don't know whether she waited until I went to the bathroom. I think she. I think she waited until she knew she didn't have to do it in front of you. Yeah. I think. But I'm glad for sure. that I got to be. I got to see her. Um, at the end, I think that was a blessing for all of us. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I'll never forget this because this is like really true. I remember Mom said, "You know." <laughs> I remember you said this, and I don't even know if you remember that you said it, but I remember you said, like, all your life, you said, Becky showed me how to live, and you said she even showed me how to die. It's true. Mm -hmm. And that, like, broke my heart, like, so to this day, because, you know, she did everything with such, like, grace, and I remember you just said, you know, she showed me how to live, and she even showed me how to die. And what was nice about it was... Guys, this is emotional for us. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Even two years later, it's sometimes hard to talk about. We, get to see, we got to see her not so puffy and not so... It's like yeah. when she passed away, her, you know, her puffiness came out of her face. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the myasthenia like, gravis really um, made her swell up a lot. because yeah. oh, Mainly because those treatments are so invasive. And so... We hadn't seen her without, like, like her face so swollen in years. No. And, and when she was passing away, it's like all that. She looked like my mom again she did, did before she. she was sick. And it was. Yeah. And we got to touch her when she was. Yeah. And it was really nice at the funeral to be able to, like, yeah. see her, like, herself again. She really looked beautiful. Oh, yeah. They did a really good job at the funeral. I know you hear and, people say that. But honestly, I yeah, they did. yeah, they did do a really good job. Yeah, and, it got, it and got that's to another flash her back to before I don't all of think, this. I don't think it really hit me that she was gone until it was us three standing at her casket, like right when they were shutting it to take her to the. I know, I remember that to the cemetery to actually bury her. And I remember looking at Lauren and being like, "Oh my, this is the last time we're gonna see her, uh-huh. like I ever." And that was when it hit me. I was like, "Oh, this is this is real." <laughs> it just still to this day. I know, and that's like, I and I know a lot of you that have went through death in your, and I know a lot of you have like so many people can relate to this feeling and can't relate to it unless you go through it. But it it, it is. It's like the weirdest, most like there. I remember for honestly for two weeks after every time I would close my eyes in the shower. I would see her there laying in that bed mm-hmm. and I could hear her breathing. Oh, I, I borderline had like PTSD from it. And I, there's still times now, two years later, where I'll think of something and how I want to go tell her about oh, it. Boy, that's the worst. And it's like the biggest defeat and like oh. letdown because I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just, there's times I've wanted to go tag her and stuff or yeah. on Facebook or just, you know, she was the person, I do have an obsessive thoughts and I, I worry about everything and she was like one of the only people that could put my mind to ease and I know she did the same thing for my mom and I know she did the same thing for you and I didn't know how much she did that until I mean mm-hmm. I literally I think I shut down mm-hmm. and like I didn't have that and I know a lot of my thing you know I my I should be relying on God and, and those kind of things to get through some of my issues in life, but Becky was my anchor. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we would talk like what five or six times a day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not not just one sided. I mean, um, she- I would be on the phone with my mom, and she'd get a call from Aunt Lori, and I'd be <laughs> yes. talking to her about some like 
deep stuff. And she'd be like, hang on, your Aunt Lori's calling. And I wouldn't hear from her for like two hours. <laughs> Mom would do the same. Like, I could be like, hey, I'm dying. And she'd be like, oh, Aunt Becky's calling, gotta go. I'm like, mm, okay. Okay, thanks. <laughs> and we would talk about stupid stuff. I mean, and like, real quick, like, you know, I feel like Lauren and I, I I'm glad like we had each other through that, through that whole. It was like a week and a half experience that felt like a month long. Yeah. And I remember um, we went to this hotel where all of our family members <laughs> were staying. Okay. Okay, listen, y'all. I The stages of grief are real. And <laughs> I was in the we're, anger stage. We're going to get stage. some humor here before we close yeah. out because I know that was deep. But I this was is in the funny. anger stage for a hot minute. <laughs> and yeah. this was definitely one of my episodes. Yes. But so you tell the story. We're, you know, we're at this hotel and basically, um, you know, we're there prepping for the funeral. We're getting, yeah, we're the, putting the picture boards we're together, getting photo boards together. And our, me and Lauren's goal with them, we wanted to take our time with them. We wanted to go through the photos. We wanted to kind of, of my mom's cousins. We, we wanted to really like bask in the, in yeah, the memories and like they of would it. Have and like childhood stories that like maybe that we hadn't heard before that like the pictures would bring up those memories. And we were like, Kind of excited to like reminisce about and her and soak in all of that before we yeah. felt like we weren't gonna before we were saying goodbye to her forever. Yeah. yeah, and um, I remember like we had like three boards and and we wanted to do like little Becky, like teenage Becky, and then like grown up Becky. Yeah. Like we like we wanted we had this planned out in our head how we wanted to do <laughs> these photo boards, how we wanted to present them at the funeral. <laughs> like we had this whole game plan. So I'm not gonna we ain't gonna. Sp- expose anybody okay but we have this woman and she is we're a gonna relative. call her paula we're gonna call her paula we're not gonna say who <laughs> mom's slapping her knee over here because she doesn't want us to talk about this but we're not gonna say how she's related to us um i doubt she even will listen to this podcast you know, probably she never not be related to us <laughs> she is <laughs> okay and we're gonna call her paula yes. so oh, paula. paula walks in clapping Hey, <laughs> let's get her going. Yeah, because keep in mind, our entire, like, my mom's entire family is in town, obviously. And they're all at this hotel. And they all wanted to go to dinner together and to go see my house because they, some of them hadn't seen it since my parents moved in. And so she, so Paula comes in and she's just like, come on, let's get going. <laughs> We're going to dinner. <laughs> like she was quite literally putting tape on the back of the pictures and just slapping them on the board. Like she was just taking pictures. Did that you guys we, just ever say go eat and we'll finish? Yes, this? yes. I did. <laughs> so we have all of these pictures like perfectly positioned where we want to put them. She's grabbing pictures from board one, slapping it on board three. Like, I was fuming, She's you guys. like, she was trying to hurry us up and the whole time i'm thinking how freaking insensitive is it mm-hmm. your rush like first of all like we just lost someone that is insanely close to us we're trying to bask in these last moments like seeing her face on these mm-hmm. pictures and we're trying to make this like a fun thing for us to sit and kind of kind of like relax yeah. after the freaking week we just had and we're trying to put all these pictures together and, and she's literally freaking rolling the tape up on the back slapping it on there <laughs> like and we're and she and mind you like we didn't even go to dinner after no they went straight to my house and then they all decided to go back to the hotel and when i tell you then i was angry and hungry at the same time <laughs> i was so mad so you know 
And I could, and mom's cousins could also tell that I was like fuming, and they were like, "It's okay, it's calm." You know, some people <clears throat> grieve differently than others, so that may be her way of getting through. That's things, great, so but that Paula still yours. pissed me off. <laughs> she, no, no, that's great, but Paula. I'm just, just saying, don't. That's probably what. Keep you it to yourself, Paula. Thinking process. I don't know what, I don't know what, what she was on. The entire ride home, Lauren's literally like <laughs> mocking her, like. <laughs> I don't even know what you said, but I remember we were fuming but laughing at the same time. Honestly, yeah. though, in a weird way, I'm kind of glad that she did it because it made us laugh. Yeah. So and hard we needed a good laugh on the ride home, but still, like I Paula, all the good stuff. Paula, you really messed up the the vision we had yeah. for the photo boards. We had like a little Becky mix with adult Becky. What's all we wanted? And then I went home. I went home and redid them all. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do this by myself. It's fine. Yeah. So I. You know, I wanted to add that in there, there, you know, kind of at the end of everything. Um, we're going to close out here. I know this was probably like my most like crazy podcast that I've had is, but I also love this episode. I can already tell I'm going to love this because it's very raw and very just, you know, like this is, this is how we would sit and talk with each other, regardless if we have headphones on and a mic in our face right now. Yeah. I kind of kept forgetting at times we were recording. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, also, like I said, I know this is per, certain part of this can be a trigger warning for some people, but I, you know, death and losing someone that you're really close to is just, it's just super hard. And, you know, I hope you guys found humor in our like childhood stories. Um, and I know this is like one of the longer episodes that I have had around like a minute and 12 or a minute, an hour, and an hour and 12 <laughs> minutes right now. Um, but I just want to close out. I want you guys to both, you know, tell your social media platforms, mom, you don't have to, cause I know you're like, eh, whatever. Um, but where can people find you on Instagram? She, she has to look my Instagram handle. y'all. Mom, I mean, if you want to see the many pictures of me and my friends, you can, it's boring. It's Lauren underscore Madison. Yes. <laughs> Mom's is like LA Grass 75. LA Grass 75. Something like that. Um, but guys, you know mine because I say at the end of every single episode. Um, but before then, I just want to thank you guys both for coming on this episode. I. I knew this was going to be a good episode because I just, you know, you guys have been my people for since. And if you're going through some of this stuff, just know that you're not alone and mm-hmm. you can reach out. And it does seem to. hard in the beginning, but mm-hmm. it does get easier. If you have questions mm-hmm. or, you know, you need to talk to someone. Message Lauren, message, message me, Lauren. message my oh, yeah, mom. I got I, you. There's, there's not one thing you could tell us that we're going to judge you about. Um, we're very open people. Do you remember people. my bush story? The I will bush, never be judgmental. The roaches. <laughs> the bush, the roaches. Guys, you know it. Um, we've, we've been through it. And if anything, um, I know there's a lot of things in life, whether, I mean, no matter what it is, you probably don't know the reason of it right now. And it probably feels so freaking confusing. And you may not know your reason for five years, ten years. No. But you're going to figure it out, and it's going to make sense. So I'm so happy um, that you guys were on here. I hope you guys loved this episode as much as I did. Um, if we got you crying. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, but you guys can find me on Instagram. I don't really post anything too crazy other than updates about the podcast. Um, it's J-E-N-N-A-G-R-E-S-S. And, um, and with that being said, I will see you be on next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs>